For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 246 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. <clears throat> and uh, Star Wars. Star Wars, something about Star Wars. <laughs> Laughs and good times. <laughs> only positive, positive vibes only. Positive. We're po- positive. Hashtag make it happen. Uh, how's we're your all week? fine here. Yeah. How, how are you? How's your week been, buddy? Oh, you know, <laughs> stressful and lonely. But uh, I mean, that's kind of every week. I hear you, man. I hear you. I was thinking today, like it's gotten to that point because you know Jesse and I are in like week three, right, of shutdown. Everything shut down almost three weeks ago. This is our third week, right? And I've, you know, I've been making this stupid list in my head of shit I want to do. Like, just trying to keep a, uh, an eye on the end of the road. Like, I want to go to the Chinese buffet real bad. Ooh, nice. I can't stop thinking about the Chinese buffet. My Chinese takeout place is closed until, like, April 7th. I was like, Damn. Yeah. They're, they're takeout. Like, they don't really have space up front, but I get it. Like, everybody's being safe. Yeah, and, you know, I, it, I guess it just comes down to a numbers game. Are you doing enough business to justify, justify being, open. being open? You know, some places are. Like, there's some restaurants here that are are doing curbside or takeout or delivery. And then there's some that are just shut down till further notice because they try to. And I don't it. know if... Everybody in Tupelo, Mississippi wants to eat fucking McDonald's, but my kid threw a fit for a Happy Meal today, and I was like, all right, all right, we'll go get you a Happy Meal. I pull up to the window, and they're like, sorry, we're out of French fries and chicken nuggets. I was like, well, what the fuck? How, how am I supposed to give the kid a Happy Meal with no French fries or chicken nuggets? So, like, we went to Sonic, but I was just like, how the fuck are you out of French fries and chicken nuggets? Man. Does everybody come through here, order a 20-piece or something? Yeah, or, you know, their deliveries are taking longer than usual to show up. Who knows? It's a crazy world out there, my dude. 
I know, I um, know. But yeah, good Chinese buffet was one of them. Another one was like, oh man, I got to get Will to come to Birmingham when this shit all calms down. Yeah. To hang out for a night. Do like a face-to-face Blue Harvest play some video games or something, man. I don't know. That that was one of the things. I've just All these things I'm adding to this mental checklist of shit I want to do when things are somewhat back to normal. I keep having that feeling like, like I'm grateful that the air is breathable, right? But I have that feeling in like these post-apocalyptic wastelands, like it's not, you know, like I don't like the poison rain or the, you know, toxic smog or whatever. I keep looking out the window. I'm like, this is life now. This is life. Like, Living behind glass. Going out the front door is an immediate, like, let's get anxious. Woo, boys, let's get anxious. And I love when the sun comes out and I'm like, I'm sitting outside and I'm like, you know, the world is still an okay place. Just don't go near anybody. (laughs) Don't congregate in large groups. And like neighbors will be waving and stuff, but nobody comes up to talk to you. Like they wave from their garage to your garage. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't lie and say that that bugs me because I don't really like talking to our neighbors anyway. Yeah. So that part's all right, you know. Um, but we're here. We're okay, seemingly. We're alive and healthy, and that's we're all gonna... you can ask for in these, this era. <laughs> we are going to talk about some Star Wars latest episode of clone wars some happenings man i got some things to talk about clone wars some happenings uh with the obi-wan series really yeah some uh that, that article i sent you about old uncle george yep that's you think, that's gonna you be think... on the uh the docket to discuss this night as well okay um yeah some new interesting revelations from uh, the Art of the Rise of Skywalker book. Some little nuggets of detail, uh, d- details and nuggets, nuggets and details that are pretty interesting. So, <clears throat> before we get into that, how about you guys like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter twitch and instagram at blue harvest pod and we have a patreon if you enjoy our show and you'd like to support us and hear a ton of bonus content well we've got a real easy way you can do that and that's patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast we got a bunch of different shows in fact a double release week two episodes of year by podcast went up this week so that's a lot of fun and one of those episodes we put up on the free feed as well. Little, you know, extra content for you to enjoy. Take your mind off of things and give you a little taste of what's going on over at the Patreon. So once again, that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Uh, I was a guest on a podcast this week. The Star Wars Rambling Podcast. Ramblings. Star Wars Ramblings. Plural. With our buddy Andy. Uh, And that's episode 31, if you want to check that out. Uh, It was a good time. I recommend you check it out. And uh, tell Andy, old Blue Harvest sent you. 
So that's the business. Business is dude. You know what I thought about the when we did your birthday podcast mm. and you got the birthday love. I was like, oh, you're huge in Australia, dude. If you showed up, they would throw you like a parade or no, something. Man, come on, now. Oz that, is big down under. We've got some Australian friends, and I cherish them so I much. I mean, so do I. I was just like, Oz is quite popular down under. We are. They listen to our show, William. Well, I mean, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just talking. You know, like. I do th- I do believe like if if I go look at our download statistics you know obviously United States is number 1 uh and then I believe Australia is number 2 it's our second most downloaded area maybe Canada but I think it's Australia <clears throat> but anyways enough of that chitter chatter um Let's talk about some Star Wars. We have a uh, a bit of a sad story to kick it off with. Not a bit. Definitely a sad story. But I'm just awkward. Um, oh, the guy. Yeah. Andrew Jack. Yes. Andrew Jack was Major Emot. I believe that's how you say the character's name. In The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, he was also the dialect coach on that movie. And on a ton of other movies. That was the Lord of the Rings. I'm he I, was the dialect yep. coach in the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, huge, crazy, prolific career as a dialogue coach. And apparently JJ and the crew liked his look so much they were like, let's throw him in as a resistance officer. And then that carried on into The Last Jedi. And I believe maybe his character dies when Admiral Akbar dies. I think he's on the bridge of that ship when that happens. Mm. Um, but anyway, unfortunately he passed away this week, uh, from the effects of COVID-19. Very sad. Yeah, man. It is a real bummer. So thoughts to his, uh, you know, friends and family and it's just so much bad news every day that it's becoming a little hard to process at a certain point. It's like, oh, yeah, that sucks as well. Awesome. But, yeah, man. Unfortunately, I don't know that that will be uh, the last sort of story we hear to that effect. Someone we know or have enjoyed or recognized from something we enjoy, you know. But I was uh, I was pretty bummed to see that. I always liked that character name, and I thought he looked yeah. cool. He's got a beard, long hair. I'm down, man. Yeah. I was like, all right. It's my kind of dude. He has the beard that I'll inevitably have. I have a pepper beard with some salt in there. Yeah, yeah. His was like salt with a fleck of pepper. Yeah, my I'm headed there too. Buddy, we're going to look like motherfucking Santa Clauses before too long. Hopefully, I'm, knock on I wood. I look like young Chris Kringle already, so don't even. But, you know what we'll do? We'll come christmas time you and i'll make a little extra cash but and make it a, a competition for the podcast if it's still going i assume it will when we look like santa we'll have competing santa booths at the mall and we'll see Ooh. who brings in more uh, dueling santas dueling santas see which one is more popular and brings in more like you know sweet polaroid money I'm shooting for a handsome uh, Kurt Russell Santa Claus. Yeah, I'm I'm shooting for like year without a Santa Santa. I don't know. 
Anyways, um, so what else do we have going on in Star Wars this week? So, you know, remember a couple of weeks back when, like, the biggest bummer on our brain was, oh, man, something's going on with the Obi-Wan TV right. show a couple months back. <clears throat> and In the before times. Yes. Um, and then... You know, it, it, it seemed like there was going to be some maybe rewriting done to the scripts. And Ewan McGregor was saying it wasn't as big of a deal as people were seemingly making out to be. Uh, but it seems like they've settled on a new writer for the series. Okay. Um, and that is Joby Harold. And where does this come from? Variety. Variety reports Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series enlists Joby Harold as new writer. Um, and it says, you know, it talks about the previous uh, writer, uh, Hossein Amini, who left the project back in January. And uh, he was most recently executive produced, he most re recently executive produced John Wick Chapter 3, which I enjoyed. Granted, he's just produced that. He didn't necessarily have anything to do with the writing. And is also writing the script for Zack Snyder's film, Army of the Dead. Yeesh. And he was also one of two writers alongside James Vanderbilt, who was selected to develop a new take on the Transformers franchise. So that looks like who's going to be handling writing duties on the Obi-Wan series. A new take in the Transformers franchise as in what happened with Bumblebee or like a reboot beyond that? I think, you know, I don't follow the Transformers live action stuff super closely. Um, I believe, however, that it's supposed to be a fresh start. Okay. So not I mean, a continuation it, from the Bumblebee story? To me... It's super tired. The and the Michael Bay Transformers is like, I liked Bumblebee to be I honest. I did too. I thought it was I, pretty good. I thought Bumblebee was what it probably should have been from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, to see, you know, eighties Optimus Prime to see their original the Cybertron stuff at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that hit the sweet spot. I was like, oh, these guys look. You know, like they did, but, you know, tacked up a little bit like you would want to see in a movie. Like, it makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, seeing Beetlebug and Bumblebee, that was all great. You know, just really great. It hit the spot on, you know, what I thought Transformers should be. So I was kind of hoping they would continue with the whole 80s thing because, um, you know, the, the Transformers thing, it strayed so far from what, I was aware that the mythology was, I guess. Right. With Earth being Unicron, and then, like, so it just, it got crazy. Like, it got really out there. Um, so, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to a reboot of the Transformers stuff. It got uh, real tired. Yeah, I feel like Bumblebee was definitely more well-received than previous Transformers movies. But I don't know that it did super well at the box office. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to look that up right now. Um, it, which makes me think that the likelihood is that it's going to be a fresh start. But if they went more 
Like, imagine a whole movie of that Cybertron shit at the beginning. Like, that yeah. Is, okay, so worldwide it did four hundred and sixty-seven million. Um, I don't know about the budget on that movie, or you know how that compares. Um, so it didn't bomb. The, bomb. The story of the kid and Bumblebee, like, mm-hmm. it was real. It, it it just hit the target right on the bullseye from what I felt like. Yeah, like, this is Transformers. This is what it's about, you know. So a budget a budget of 135 million top, you know, it's on Wikipedia it says 102 to 135. So it definitely made them money or at least broke even when you factor in marketing and all that crazy bullshit. <clears throat> but it wasn't, you know. I don't think it was quite as big as some of the others. But that director that they brought on like I think that helped bring a, f- a breath of fresh air to the whole thing, not having old Dick knows Michael Bay in the Michael Explosion Bay, Explosion, Explosion, Michael Bay. <laughs> so yeah, I would I would definitely not be opposed to uh, them going for more of that vibe. Yeah, you know. Well, it's good to hear that they're redoing that, but it's also good to hear that whoever you know, the guy that's signing on to write for Obi-Wan has some some good stuff in the works as well. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because he executive like the things that they listed there, he executive produced John Wick 3 which which I enjoyed, but the, like I, I mentioned that's not a writing gig. No. He's writing a script for Zack Snyder that immediately brings up some internet arguments. Uh And you know, I this is going to sound terrible. But I don't. If there is a Snyder cut of that movie, of uh, the Justice League movie, I don't know that it would be. I mean, a hell of a lot better than what came out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much improvement it could make. I don't know that people would be as stoked with that as they think they would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think people's. Like if they got, I mean, there would definitely be people that are way into Zack Snyder that get that movie and they're like, fuck yeah, this is what I wanted. But it was also like his original plan. Mitch from the Geek Dudes was talking about this on our episode and I didn't really know all this. I guess the original plan for was for it to be like a two-part movie, almost an Infinity War in-game type situation. Yeah. And they changed it to just one movie. So I don't think it would even really satisfy folks because you'd only be getting half of the story if what i'm saying makes sense like it would only be like because they're definitely not making a sequel to the snyder cut if they were ever to release that and from what i understand like there's a lot of unfinished effects and stuff that would be real costly to do like there's only so much of henry cavill's cg'd upper lip that i can take (laughs) you know like well that was all from reshoots, if I'm not mistaken, that's all from the the not Snyder cut. That's from when they brought him back for Joss Whedon to direct, and he was filming Mission Impossible at the same time, and they wouldn't let him shave. He was mustache. contractually obligated to have a mustache. Man, talk about yeah, you know, like talk about hard moves. We'll yeah. just we'll we'll fix it in post. I just hear Master shaking my head. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Oh, anyway, 
And I, they went nowhere with the Injustice storyline, like the Dark Reign. You know, Batman versus Superman, the Flash shows up time traveling talking about don't kill Lois Lane or, you know, you were right about him. Like, And then they don't do shit with that right again. Like, I felt like that was gonna that was the setup for the big Avengers-level threat. Yeah, I think it was going to be Darkseed. Yeah, that the is the big, huge bad guy, right? Darkseed from Apocalypse. Like, I'm not trying to discount Steppenwolf, because I know he's like, oh, like, the devil or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Did you hear that uh, there was a fake announcement of the Snyder Cut on April Fool's Day? Oh, was there? Yeah, that makes like sense. I did fake, not hear it. Fake, um, uh, like poster and stuff that someone put together. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> of all years not to to do a, a April Fool's joke. <laughs> I, you know, I honestly didn't see as many, um, as in previous years, and I'm sure that's. The easy one and the most tasteless one is to tell people that you have COVID. Like, no, that that, that was would be awful. The most tasteless one, man, dude. If if that is your idea of a joke, like that, oh, that immediately puts you on like true dickhead level. Hmm. Um. So, ah, the Rise of Skywalker art book. There's been some interesting things coming out. That So, these art books normally release alongside the movie. Like in previous years, I've gotten them right when the movie comes out, right? Right. And they're awesome. I haven't picked this one up yet just because I don't know what work's going to look like as things progress. So, I'm trying to be a little careful about purchases and whatnot so but i do plan to pick them up because they're they're awesome i love looking through them seeing the sort of progression of the different concepts i saw some cool like before the character was zori bliss some cool pre ideas for like a spice runner or a spice smuggler character that they were working on that you know eventually became um zori bliss uh and that was real cool um but you know, they also sort of go into some of the process. And one of the interesting tidbits of the couple that we're talking about is apparently the concept of Ray, which is actually one of my favorite things out of the Rise of Skywalker, taking the name Skywalker but not being related by blood to the Skywalker bloodline, is right. a concept that they were tossing around since 2014. Okay. So that's cool, you know? That is cool. Um, you know what I just realized? What? That other quote, that other article you sent me? Yeah. It was an April Fool's joke. Oh, was it? Yeah, because I went to just pull it up because I wanted to grab the quote from it. Um, and it says, update, April Fool's, Palpatine wasn't officially a clone in Return of the Jedi, but it's possible that he could have been. Okay. 
So, yeah. Assholes. Assholes. I was going to just roll right into that. And then, you know, our good, sweethearted buddy King Tom would have messaged me. Because, you know, he's got the art book and he's read that thing cover to cover like four times now. He'd be like, uh, buddy, I looked through that whole art book and didn't see that little piece of information. So... And this is a, a doo-doo-ass website anyway. It made, it like, when you sent me the link, I was like, from the fucking screen rant? Why do when, I That's rant? why I was asking you. I was like, is this legit? Like, mm-hmm. like, have you heard? Like, this can't be. Nope. And I just took it on face value. I was like, oh, it came from the art book. So it's not even that they're breaking something. They just pulled something from the art book. But no. No, they made it up because they're fucking dickheads. Yeah, because they even the what got me was that it was the quote from J.J. Abrams, you know, and I was like, oh well, I guess, I guess if J.J. said it, but I should have known it was a, um, because it was like early in the morning, it was like eight, seven or eight a.m., you know, like yeah, oh yeah, I know, because I woke up to it and I was like, ooh, that's fascinating. Oh yeah, that art book came out. That's cool. I wasn't expecting the the fool's jokes. And it was an article that basically said, I mean, we're talking around it oh, for yeah, anyone that doesn't know it, is that uh, basically that J.J. Abrams said that he was talking to George Lucas and George Lucas was like, yeah, since Palpatine was a clone in Return of the Jedi anyway. And I was like, no shit. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Um, because they, I mean, I, you know, George never hinted at that and which he could have been. I'm not saying he couldn't have been. It was just, it always kind of seemed like he was the original Palpatine. Right. Until, you know, like, because he was normal looking until he fucked himself up with and the that's, force that's lightning. What made the whole fucking real, the whole thing real interesting is that it was supposedly in a conversation with JJ and, and George. George Lucas and old right. Unky George. And I, and like, I even sent you a text message back that was like, look at him, at it again. Old George messing with everybody again. But nope. Screen rant. Fucking douches. Terrible website. Clickbait. Um, So another little small update about a possible Disney Plus or continuation. You know, there's been some social media talk of like, hey, be real cool if they did a sequel to solo um maybe not a movie since it didn't do well in the theaters but maybe they could do it as a disney plus series yeah you know and i'm honestly not opposed to the idea at all i would like not to see at those, all those stories continued on i would love to see all in aaron reich and um landa i mean uh donald glover yeah. both come back to do those characters yeah it would be cool uh but the head writer of that movie john kasdan Old Larry Kasdan's son um, said, as far as he knows, there is nothing in development as far as a solo sequel or Disney Plus series is involved. So, you know, keep that in mind. Granted, you know, just because I guess the original head writer doesn't know anything about it doesn't mean they couldn't be still exploring it behind the scenes, but don't think you should be super hopeful at this point for it especially considering that guy is from what i understand actively working with lucasfilm uh, on willow right now so you'd think if they were working on it he would have heard something i did not know there was a willow reboot Uh, i 
so I don't want to get the information wrong. I don't believe it's a reboot as much as a like a follow-up series on Disney Plus. I see. In a series in the same universe. Yeah, or or like a sequel. Oh, a sequel. And yeah, okay, I think, right. think the idea is for it to be a sequel. <clears throat> so, I'm excited for that. I, I think uh, Willow is going to be in my lockdown watch list at some point because it's on Disney Plus. Willow. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite fantasy movies it's of all time. It's a good time. movie. Did you ever fuck with the sequel novels they did? No. Yeah, Chris Claremont, I believe it was Chris Claremont, and George Lucas sort of worked together. I assume that was more like George Lucas giving Chris Claremont like a bare bones outline and being like, go write these sequels. But there were like books that were sequels to the Willow movie. Um, I don't remember them being very good. It's been a while since I've read them. I'm Mad Mardigan. I'm the greatest swordsman that ever lived. All righty. So you want to talk about Clone Wars this week? We got uh, yep. the second of the Ahsoka Underworld Coruscant uh, arc, uh, continuing on from last week's episode. Once again, I have to give this current arc props for how good it looks. Yeah, looks great. Because they go to... You know, it sort of starts on Coruscant, but then they go to a sort of a, a variety of planets, and they both look really cool. It's really well animated. Um, I was st- I was stoked to see the Pikes show up. I thought that was cool. Yep, I was stoked to see Kessel. And what was cool about Kessel is we got a better look at another part of Kessel than just sort of the spice mines. Just, yeah, instead of the the blasted wasteland looking spice mines. Yeah, that we saw in Solo and stuff. And I thought yeah. when they do go to pick up the spice that um, they did a good job of making it look similar to what we saw in Solo. Right. Um, you know, it didn't feel disconnected. Because at first when they... So I guess we should go back. Like the whole premise of this episode is Ahsoka is teaming up with um, Trace and her sister to do some sort of job and they need to use Trace's ship that she literally just finished. Uh, the, what is it? The silver angel is what she calls yeah. it. Yeah. Um, for this job because everybody that they, that she had hired sort of backs out. Um, I thought the design of her ship was pretty neat. I thought it was a pretty neat looking ship for a, you know, sort really of, you didn't like it. I mean, it kind of, it feels like a loaf of French bread with thrusters on it. Like Maybe I just really like French bread. Maybe. Maybe I could go for some French bread right now. Maybe that's what this is telling me. I mean, it's cool. It's kind of space shuttle-y, like, you know, like I, not necessarily the shuttle, but like, I don't know, like bullet. It's very aerodynamic. You know what I think part of it is? I think part of it is so much of live action Star Wars, at least, has been ships we've seen before there hasn't been a ton of new ships yeah so when i do see something that's new like i'm like oh that's cool that's a new ship you know yeah uh, yeah i know what you mean oh and this is the point where i get told like oh man that's a such and such ship that's an astral three fire burst well i mean it can't be anything specific she built it from scratch right like right. Right. it's custom made it's a frankenstein yeah. 
Um, so they go on their mission, and they meet like basically the royalty of Kessel. So that's the we get to see the more upper crusty side of Kessel. And right. when they went first went and there was like trees and a palace and stuff, I was like, well, this is like a it's a bit of a different take on Kessel, isn't it? And that was before yeah. I really figured out what they were going for. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, <clears throat> they go, they pick up the cargo. Um, and that's when they're like, wait a second, what is this all about? Spice? Uh, oh, and there's the detail where Ahsoka and Trace's sister both make fun of the name of her ship. Yeah. They're like, that's a terrible name. And it's not... I mean, it's not the greatest name, but I've heard worse ship names. Oh, it's pretty bad. The Silver Angel? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, oh, and when they're leaving Coruscant, like, uh, they get involved, like, they get into a military transportation lane instead of, like, a civilian one. And there's a little scene where, like, the Republic is trying to, like, what are you doing? We need to see your license. And Anakin senses Ahsoka on the ship. And tells them to let them go. I thought that was yeah. interesting. I thought that, that was a cool. nice little touch. Um, I have lost complete faith in Trace. I mean, I like I just when I met her, I was like, oh, she knows about the underworld. She's eking it out. She doesn't really want to do anything bad, you know. And now, like, she is a terrible pilot. She well, she's has never no idea before. what she's. I know, I know, but I was sold on the fact that she knew what she was doing. She has no idea what she's doing, mm-hmm. and she has no fucking clue. Yeah, I mean, so... She I, is Bambi, green as <laughs> shit, like, in the military lane, like, <clears throat> you know nothing about anything beyond that platform. Yeah, but I kind of like that character detail where, like, she's been stuck in 1313, and she's worked all this time to Frankenstein this ship together. And she's just like, I got it. Yeah, sure. We'll use this ship. And she's never piloted before. Like, yeah. I think that is a neat character detail to me. It reminds me of like a, a character you would in, uh, encounter or in a, like a pen and paper RPG, either as an NPC that your DM made up or a character that one of your friends made up. That's like, yeah, I'm a pilot. And then gets in the air and they're like, I ain't ever done this shit before. Oh my God. Just green. Green as the day is long. She dumps the spice. Bro, yep. she dumps the spice. And you know how mad everyone at the table would be at that at that character? <laughs> she uh yeah, she pulls a Han Solo, but they're not even getting boarded yet. I was playing D D with a dude one time way back in the day, and we were fighting over a cloak of Elven Kind, and then he like rips it in half, like which destroys the magical item. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you? Now nobody gets it. My character would do it. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm so mad right now. Do I know this person? Yes, you do. Okay. I thought I might. It's one of two. Olden days. The olden days. Uh, one of two people that I know that you used to play D&D with. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, like, dude, she dumps the spice. Like, talking about the one thing that's not going to get you out of this. The one, like, she's like, nobody can take my ship. Nobody's going to take my ship. Like, I get you're freaking out about that. 
Like, you did the one thing that made sure you were going to lose your ship. Yeah, and even her sister and Ahsoka were like, oh, no. Why did you do that? It was in, in total anxiety for me. This whole, I was just like, Ahsoka, you've got to leave these people behind. You've got to get out of here. Why are you messing with these people? They know nothing. Yeah, but once again, it's I I prefer occasionally to have a character than that like that than just your typical character that shows up and knows how to do everything you know to me it makes it a little i mean i get it i don't I, yeah like it's if if you only ever encounter characters that know how to do everything then where does it get interesting you know what i mean um i mean they got to get out of jail now that's woo. how it's gonna get interesting yeah they got to figure something out that's for sure um so they show up they don't have the spice because Trace dropped it. Um, and they find out. Well, the whole reason she drops it is because it, it comes out that they're delivering to the Pikes. And Ahsoka's like, yo, the Pikes are bad news. They're gangsters. It reminds me of in um, The Phantom Menace when uh, Captain Panaka is like, we can't take the Queen to Tatooine. The Hutt's are gangsters. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, There's a lot of Phantom Menace parallels in there to me. For Trace being like, I'm an excellent pilot. Anakin being like, seven years old, I'm a, I'm a fantastic pilot. I'm building this pod racer I've never flown. You know, I didn't think about that. I never thought about that. Because Anakin, I guess, has... He's never driven that pod racer. He's, right. He's, he's driven Sebulba... Or not Sebulba, Watto's pod racer and crashed that he it. he crashed, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that sort of parallel. That's a good pull. Um, so, I like I was saying, it was neat to see the Pikes again. I really like that the Pikes were sort of a an animated design that we saw first. Then we see one in Solo. That's the guy. Um, I don't know how you say his name. Um, Key Tulsi or whatever. It's the guy that they show up on Kessel and start the negotiations with or whatever that they're and that yeah that Zero like takes out alone in the control room yes with her uh Kira not Zero Kira, Kira sorry sorry takes out with her Terrace Kasi yeah um, yeah but I'm pretty sure we saw this iteration of the Pikes before in Clone Wars mm -hmm. yeah so which we, would have preceded Solo right yeah that's what I was saying we got to look at the the Pikes first in animation and Clone Wars then we see a live action one in Solo and then we see him again like you know I'm, I just I think it's cool that there are a few things that because most of the time in the animated shows we get we see stuff we've already been introduced to in live action Right, but to see an animated character then go through the live action filter instead of vice versa, I just think it's right. kind of neat. It is neat. It, it makes it feel like <laughs> a shared universe. Yeah. Uh, and then they, uh, you know, they're like, "Oh, well, uh, we should check it out." Ahsoka does her Jedi mind trick on the guy. They're just about to get out. They find out the spice is empty, and then they're trying to fly away, and they get caught in a tractor beam by the pike ships the pike ships look cool i thought or yeah yeah they do i was about to say is this gonna be another thing where will's like really you like those ships no no they were cool you just they like every cool. ship is this what we're finding out here no i was just so irritated i was like of course there's a tractor beam 
Y'all are so green. Oh, God. It's painful. It's painful. But they've been stuck in the underworld of Coruscant. Of course they're green. They've never been off planet. At least that's I know, the, I the know, impression I, know. I get. Ahsoka feels like the most competent. And I'm like, you should know better than this. Like, And I know she's lost her way, and this is how she's going to find it. I know. I know why we're here. It's just painful. It's painful to watch. It's like watching your kid hang out with the bad influences, and you're like, I can't tell you to hang out, not hang out with them. That'll just make you want to hang out with them more. But Jesus, find something else to do on Friday night. <laughs> are we looking into a future future dad, Will Witten? Yeah. Calling yeah, me up are. before the podcast being like, I don't like these kids he's hanging out with. These two you're hanging out with, they have no fucking clue what's going on. Find some better friends. I think that I think I might have been that friend as a kid. I think I I think there were definitely some situations where I was the friend that the kids' parents didn't like as a kid. Were, yeah, I was. I didn't become the bad influence friend until college. I think that I was that in like high school and stuff because pretty sure my friend Chris's parents weren't big fans of me sometimes, <laughs> and uh, and. I know my friend Mike's parents weren't big fans of me. They were super religious. I told this story on um, Year by Podcast, but my friend Mike, right, uh, we were in school together from fifth grade till my junior year, till 11th grade. He moved that summer. And from like fifth grade till ninth grade, I would tell Mike, dude, you gotta watch Star Wars. It's the best, right? You gotta watch Star Wars. Right. And then he comes into class one day in like ninth grade and he's like, hey, uh, we rented the Star Wars movies this weekend and watched them and my parents are not happy with you right now. Oh, what? That's yeah. super religious, bro. Yeah, like I'm saying, like when I would go over to their house to hang out with Mike, it was one of those houses where like you just couldn't get comfortable because you were just afraid like I am going to do or say the wrong thing and upset somebody. That's sure. not you. That's not on you. You're not the bad influence. I mean, I could see why you are the bad influence friend there, but that's not. You shouldn't. That doesn't count towards your being the bad influence friend. Yeah, and I, I don't know why Chris's parents didn't like me so much because I, it's I was a lame kid. Like I wasn't the cool kid out getting in trouble. You know what I mean? I think it's because I listened to Metallica and shit. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's just something they weren't used to. I imagine. Y'all, uh, y'all used to do the drinking shenanigans at Boy Scouts or some shit you were telling me about way back in the day. Well, I never got involved in the drinking shenanigans in Boy Scouts. That was the older Boy Scouts. Right. I was never invited to those reindeer games. I just found out about the, the fallout from them. I see. But in high school, yeah, like in high school we would drink and stuff, but like. You weren't the ringleader of that either. No, no. I bet it, I bet it got pinned on you. I mean, like, the the weird situation about it was, later in life I found out that my parents, like, we weren't slick drinking in my room <laughs> All right. and being rowdy at, like, 2 in the morning. And my parents knew they were just glad we were at their house and not, like, driving around and shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. But, yeah, they they, they weren't dumb. They knew what was going on. And it wasn't even that, like, 
yo, I've heard way, way worse high school kid partying stories and being crazy stories. I live with a beautiful woman who was a hell raiser in high school. All right. I believe it. Like that. Like I always tell Jesse, like if we knew each other in high school, you would have thought I was so lame. Absolutely. She would have thought she would have thought the music I listened to was lame. The stuff I liked was lame. And the amount of partying I did was lame. 100%. No doubt about it. I don't know how we got I'm I was a goody two shoes yeah you always tell me that I was square L7 weenie dude till I got to college L7 weenie what's that mean that's from from uh, the sandlot if you put the L and the seven together that's a square like you're a square so this episode is going to be called L7 weenie (laughs) got a podcast title there you go. We got one. I'm glad I can contribute. Oh, you contribute all the time, buddy. I, it's a quote. I, it's a quote from the Sandlot. I think like we're making fun of Smalls, and he's like, "You're an L7 weenie." Oh, I'm. I'm not doubting that at all. It's just been forever since I've seen that movie. <coughs> so, um, yeah, um. Well, you're not an L7 weenie to me, buddy. I appreciate that. I still think, sometimes I think Jesse still thinks I'm a bit of an L7 weenie. I mean, I should, I feel guilty. Like, I feel like I should have stayed on the good grind because I was too worried about, I say worried about being popular and chasing the girls. That's just what it was. Like, I was never popular and I was never cool. And when I got to college, I was, I figured out. I was like, oh, like the true Kung Fu master secret to being cool is to just not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks about you. Like, like cool is not giving a shit about what anybody else thinks. And if I could impart any wisdom, that would be the wisdom I would impart to my middle school and high school self is like, like the true essence of coolness is to just be you the best, most absolute, truest version of yourself and not doubt yourself. And, you know, not give a shit what anybody else thinks. That's what's cool. You know, you think about the dudes that are cool. Like, they just do their shit. They don't give a fuck what you think. Like, I'm be me, you know. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't really work out the best, though. Like, when when you show up in 10th grade and you're like, hey, guys, you know what happened yesterday? And they're like, what happened yesterday? And you're like, all the new Star Wars The Phantom Menace toys went on sale and guess what i got them in my backpack <laughs> that was sheerly environment that's pure environment <laughs> that yeah, i i will tell you will that does not necessarily uh label you as cool even you should have been like fuck y'all these are cool as shit i don't oh, care what you say uh that clearly that's the path i went look at us 20 years later will what am i doing with a right successful now? star wars podcast Fair enough, you know. Fair enough. And you are you are quite plugged into the community. I mean, much far more so than I am. Well, that's I, just like, because you you are, you are like, I'm not doing Twitter or social media, which I don't. Oh, fuck me, man. Fuck me. That reminds me. 
somebody asked me, they sent you a DM about being on their podcast. And they were like, hey, I know he doesn't use Twitter. Will you give him a heads up? And I totally forgot to give you a heads up. And this has oh. been like two or three weeks ago. Dude, that's my fault for not being on Twitter. That's not your fault. I need to get back on Twitter. It's you, you know me. I'm social media averse. And I was doing the Twitter for the longest time. And then I started feeling about Twitter the way I felt about Facebook is that it was socially poisonous. And, yeah, you know, I I I guess I need to be the positive that fights the poison. But it just seems like such a uphill battle. You know, well, when we get done recording, I'll give you the details. Okay. And you can hit cool. them up. It's somebody you know. Somebody Absolutely. you know and like. So, it, you know, it's just, I Absolutely. totally forgot. My bad. It, when no. this When this dude hears it, I'm sure I'll get a very pleasant te- text message. Uh, but, yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. Don't feel bad. That I should, I should, like I said, I should be more plugged into the community. And I, I will be. <clears throat> I've got some time on my hands. <laughs> Woo, don't we? You want to do some voicemails and some emails? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Luhar, cockhead, Hansberger, cockhead, Will Witt, cockhead, Goose Paint, cockhead, G Money, cockhead, King Tom, cockhead. All right. First up, we got one from our buddy Jim. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, I got a bit of a goofball question. Um, If the only way that we got our Star Wars characters as far as, uh, you know, you buy ice cream, it's got Ray and Kylo on there and, you know, the boxes of cereal and things like that. What if... Um, any if one character that's in Star Wars is on all of one kind of product in your stores, you know, like stormtroopers are on all the toilet paper, and uh, you know, Kia D condoms, you know, <laughs> and that's the only product. So, <laughs> I'm just curious, who, what, you know, me and me and uh, uh baby wipes you know so what 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 kind of products you know what creatures what characters would you assign to which products in your stores and uh i know so when i was i know that your answer wouldn't change uh when i was talking about what if there was infidelity and it caused uh, the it was like the MacGuffin in a star wars movie i 
hope you know that I didn't mean uh, any type of like sex uh, inferred. You know, it'd be Star Wars infidelity, oh. which is like a, a smooch, you know, a kiss at, out of uh, wedlock or something like that. I mean, technically, we don't even know if any Star Wars characters have sex, right? It could be, you know, reproduction <laughs> by mitosis or asexual stuff. And I mean, uh, but anyway, um, oh, and I noticed something in when you said Wedge appears, I think the way that you uh, said it in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, when he appears for the duration of a fart, I believe is how long he said he was on screen. Um, when I watched it the third or fourth time, um, I noticed the, and I've been meaning to say it, I think that, and he said, nice shooting, nice flying, Lando. He's in the Falcon. I'm pretty sure he's in the damn Falcon, in the gunner seat, uh, which is fucking crazy. You don't put him in the pilot seat? But uh, if I'm wrong, just let me know. But uh, all right, guys, ignite the green. Oh, no, you're 100% right. Lando is in the gunner seat in the Falcon. Not Lando Wedge. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, I'm all... I'm and the reason you put him in there is because you got to have Lando piloting it, right? Because Lando piloted in Return of the Jedi. Lando and Chewie. That's why you put him in there. Yeah, you got Lando and Chewie up front. I don't see why you don't put wedge in an x-wing you know leading an x-wing squadron yeah like that's that's the mystery to me why don't you put him in a in an x-wing or something like that i think it's funny like when it shows him in the uh making of documentary where he was like i was hoping i'd show up and look like a swashbuckling pirate but here i am in the x-wing jumpsuit again yeah yeah that was funny uh products that we would assign to characters. See, this, this is a good question. It is, and it's my personal jam because back during like the Force Awakens era, when Star Wars seemed to be at its like most heavily marketed, as far as that sort of thing goes, like you could ask Jesse, I would get just about anything with Star Wars on it. We got Yoda grapes one time. Just Yoda <laughs> on the bag of grapes. Done. I like the Ziploc bags. I oh, like the um, we've got well we had some of those we ran out of them but those Star, Star Wars, Wars Ziploc, Ziploc bags were balling. But yeah, what characters would we associate with? So like, all right, well, Chewbacca dog shampoo. Yeah, Chewbacca dog shampoo, Chewbacca milk bones. Yeah, like a whole line of dog care Chewbacca products. I'm down Chewbacca milk bones, like you said, like. Yeah. Um, Boba Fett is on Dos Equis. Uh He's on Mountain Dew and Magnum condoms. Wow! Wow! <laughs> he's taking up three products, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need a character for every. He, he said like all the products. So he would like, probably okay. be. I mean, like yeah. In my mind, he'd be on the Magnums, but really, he'd probably be on like those finger condoms that you use like people at the post office <laughs> That's C3PO. Use. C3PO is on the finger condom. <laughs> R2D2 is on the box of latex gloves. Um R2D2 is on the TVs. The TV boxes. Star Wars brand televisions. That'd be pretty good. Let's see. I go back to I'm thinking Walmart. I need to go back to the groceries. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to C3PO think. bananas. Uh, K 
Kia D bananas. Kia D bananas. Plantains. Kia D plantains. Um. Um. Jabba pork chops. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say like weight loss supplements or something, <laughs> or uh, or pizzas. Jabba the Hutt. Oh man, the- Lando. He already was Colt forty five. Yeah, Lando on the Colt forty five. Um, I'm trying to think here. We could put the Ugnots on the pork chops. All right, my Not favorite. My favorite soda, Diet Pepsi. Who would be on Diet Pepsi? Who would be the official Star Wars mascot of Diet Pepsi? Mm-hmm. I mean, my brain just went Mace Windu right off the bat. Really? But I don't I know thinking, why. Like, I'm just doing free association here. I was, go- just... I was thinking grape soda for Mace Windu because he's got the purple lightsaber. Purple, that makes purple sense. soda. Yeah. Like new grape. New grape with Mace Grape-a-co. Windu. Grape-a-co. Grape-a-co. Mm. I love me a grapeco, dude. Me too. I there is something magical about a grapeco. For a refreshing ass grapeco, right about now. Ooh, good lord. Um, trying to think here, man. Princess Leia's on cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, ballin', ballin'. Her, her buns. I could go for a big bowl of cinnamon toast crunch right now. I'm just making you hungry. Yeah, dude. They should sell blue milk and put, you know, Luke Skywalker, you know, young Tatooine Luke on the blue milk. Mm. Man, that is a missed opportunity. Why wouldn't you sell blue milk at Star Wars time? Yeah, I mean, they sell it at the, the parks or, you know, under normal circumstances they do. You could call, you know, it would be like a, just like, what is you who chocolate drink beverage? It's not even milk. Like, right. right. <laughs> you could sell, you know, blue drink beverage. I am surprised they haven't done something like that. But you know what? That would, I guess that would require like a brand new, like in, in reality, that would inquire, require for them to make a brand new product instead of just. Yeah. Rebranding stuff. something that already exists. Exactly. Because. Like, well, I tell you, I drank the shit out of Ecto One High C coolers. Woo! I know. Give me a case of that shit. That is, and that shit came out well after Ghostbusters was popular. You could still yeah. find Ecto cooler on the on the store shelves, and it was its unique flavor. Like it, it might have been a flavor beforehand that I just didn't know of, but it tasted specific. You know what I mean? Like, man, I would kill. I want you know, like, um, what are those? What's that brand of wine that's in a box? Frenzia? Maybe. Like it's the big box. It's like three bottles of wine in a box. I think there are several brands of box wine. That was the first one that came to mind. I want that, but with a huge straw punched down in the top, and it's an (laughs) ecto cooler. I want a boxed wine size Size ecto -ecto cooler. And, bro, I will sit on the couch and sip ecto cooler and be like, a third of the way through being like, I got to go to the bathroom and my stomach hurt. I got a piece so bad. <laughs> Man, can you imagine the straw you would need to get down in that box? Yeah, and it would be all warm and shit by the time I got like halfway through. It'd be like, oh. Because what's in the box is a bag, right? And like right. way back in the day, wines used to be kept in skins and there were wine skins. 
So that's not necessarily a foreign concept. But do the way you drink one is funny. So, but uh, that's what I would do. I'd pull the bag out of the box and hold it up, you know, and like squeeze <laughs> from the bag right down into my gullet. <laughs> Ecto cooler, man. I wonder if that's still, I mean, can't be. I mean, I'm sure there's a case on eBay that's 20 years old. Yeah, it's but that's so- expired and shit. I need something new from the, the high C. Is high C or high C, uh, juice boxes even a thing anymore i don't know i honestly don't know but i doubt it i sure haven't seen one in a while wow so i I look up ecto cooler and the first thing that comes up is ecto cooler marijuana strain information from leafy.com i'm just gonna bookmark that (laughs) circle back around Yeah, I don't think you can get it anymore. It says high C ecto cooler for sale on eBay, but like you said, that shit looks like it came out of a vault and fallout. <laughs> I wouldn't want to drink that. No, no sir. Ooh. No gut cancer for me. Thank nope. you very much. Poop myself inside out. <laughs> Be like, <laughs> I had my health until I drank the Damn 80s Ecto's cooler. I don't know how, but I avoided coronavirus. I'm feeling great. And then I drank a 20-year-old Ecto cooler, and my butthole fell out. It just fell out on the floor. Funny (laughs) enough, it's pooping ghosts. (laughs) I'm pooping my own spirit out of my rear end. Who you gonna call? I'm calling High C and my lawyer. Call the hospital. <laughs> Someone get me Lewis Tully on the phone. I was I was rolling through my living room and my butthole just fell off on the floor. Yikes. <laughs> Man, that would make a great horror movie. <laughs> Some David Cronenberg. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Hospital. Better get that under control. Your butthole's gonna fall off your car too hard. Woo. Okay. Next up we got an email from our buddy Matthew Moss. Hey boys. Stoked on live action Ahsoka. Heard some rumblings that we could see live action Ezra too. Deep space deep state rumor would not be surprised to see him, especially if Rebels and the Mandalorian start tying in. Anywho, stay well. Thanks, buddy, for writing in. <clears throat> so I haven't personally heard anything about Ezra appearing in um uh the Mandalorian. But once you bring Ahsoka into live action to me that's where sort of bets are starting to be taken off the table like where things like that could be possible with Ezra yeah uh Will and I kind of discussed it last week where like it really depends on when in the timeline Sabine and Ahsoka leave to find Ezra right right so if that's before the Mandalorian 
and Ahsoka showing up in season two, then yeah, you know, I could see Ezra being a possibility. If that's not until after the events of the Mandalorian, then I don't really see how you bring Ezra in. So, I don't know. <clears throat> it's a very, for where this is set, you know, like the Mandalorian is set in the known regions, right? There's nothing saying Ezra can't come back from the unknown regions. I just have this feeling once he goes out there and is lost for a long period of time, you know, it's like Tarzan in his jungle. Do you really want to see Tarzan in the city or do you want to see him in the jungle? Yeah, you, I don't you know. The thing is, is once again, with this, you know, Dave Filoni animated Star Wars stuff, we're in an, a weird position where we got Ahsoka, powerful force user. We have Ezra, powerful force user. And they're, they have to work around why they're not present for the original trilogy. And they've done that with both of those characters, right? They've explained to us why they're not present for those events. But at what point, like, yeah. does that become Every one of those is a leap of faith. You know, right. like, you're assuming the viewer is going to stay with you when you make that leap. Right. So, like, if Ezra were to come back to the known universe, like, wouldn't he, like, most logically become involved with Luke in some capacity? Yeah, you would think he would immediately seek out the rebellion he so eagerly and, you know, effectively built a foundation for help to. Right, which, you know, they by the time he would be coming back, it would be post-Return of the Jedi, so... Right, it wouldn't Empire's be the rebellion. Gone. But, but be... yeah, like, yeah, why? Yeah, I just, I, I would just imagine that what do you do with this character if you do bring him back to the quote-unquote regular Star Wars universe? How do you deal with them meeting up with Luke? And if Ezra meets up with Luke and becomes part of his tra training academy, that doesn't apparently end so well, right? Like, I don't know. And, like, you would think if he, if he was part of the academy, you should have mentioned him by now. Right. Even in the comic with Kylo Ren, you know. Right. And, you know, I, I do it, wonder, much like it was only a matter of time before we saw live-action Ahsoka, I think it's only a matter of time where we do get some kind of story about Luke meeting Ahsoka. Probably, really? I think it's a matter of time, and I think it's probably post-Return of the Jedi. That seems like when it would make the most sense. But you, you got to imagine that is a story that they would want to tell at some point, be it animated it just, or comic or book or whatever, because there is a lot of potential there. You have a character. It's so odd that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda are both like, he's our last hope. And like, no, there's another. And that, that means Leia. Or it could mean Ahsoka. No, it, it definitely that both means... of them know about, you know, knew personally. Well, it it's definitely Leia. And you got to think that in their mind, they're, they're saying as like uh, a last hope to <clears throat> defeat the Emperor and continue the Jedi Order. And Ahsoka, at this point, is not a Jedi anymore. She even says it in Rebels, like, I'm, I'm no Jedi. Um, 
so like you know that's how you get around that right they're definitely <laughs> they're definitely no not but it's she's no jedi but she's at least lawful good i mean right but at the, fighting also with at lightsabers this and using the force also at this time we don't know where ahsoka is we assume she's still stuck on malachor right like she the the seeming explanation is that she after the whole world between worlds thing is she's on Malachor and is trying to find a way off because remember Ezra tells her like when you get off of Malachor or whatever come find me and that's what they're doing and that's post Return of the Jedi so I think there at some point we will see some sort of story where Luke meets Ahsoka and it'll be um you know after the events of Return of the Jedi because I don't know that it makes a lot of sense for them to meet up in the timeline of like empire between empire and Jedi and whatnot. But I do think there's a neat story that you could tell there because you have a character who spent a lot of time with Anakin meeting his kid. Who is strong as shit in the force, by the way. Right. I just think, you know, you could do some cool stuff with that. And I, or I think maybe I just think she's stronger in the force than she is. No, she definitely is. There's no doubt about it. I don't think you're incorrect in that assessment at all. I just think, you know, think of all the cool stuff you could do if you have those two characters meet. I I agree. It's just so they're oh, from such. I this is gonna. They're from such different worlds. I mean, they're not. They exist in the same universe, but right. And it it only you've been actively keeping her out of that storyline because you can't have her in that storyline. Right, but there's nothing to say you can't have her after Return of the Jedi. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. That's when it uh, opens up and you can't. And it would be cool, like, what if Luke shows up to get her off Malachor? You know, she reaches out to Luke and Luke comes to get her off the planet and it's like, you know, cool. and she's basically like, well, I, I serve no master. Yeah, well, but, and plus she's got to go help find Ezra. That yeah, point. and then she's like, I, you know, I have to go find this other Jedi that's out there. All right. Uh, next up, we have an email from Brian. Hey, Halls and Will. Just wanted to write in and thank you guys for the Blue Harvest Star Wars meme compilation on your YouTube channel. The T- Kia D rap gets funnier every time I watch it. The best part is the reaction from Mace Windu and Obi-Wan. It kills me. Speaking of Obi-Wan, I'm trying my damnedest to grow a sweet, sweet beard during this quarantine. My dream is to have a Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan beard. In reality, it look it just looks like I have a very angry YouTube channel and my mom for her roommate. <laughs> so I have two questions for two beard experts. Any tips for growing a great beard? And what are your favorite Star Wars beards? Hope all... Hope you all stay safe and healthy. May the force be with you, Brian, in Chicago. Buddy, my number one beard growing tip is to don't mess with it. I was, that's a, just what I was going to say. It, I mean, it takes longer than you would imagine to like to let everything. So, my, so for instance, for Will's wedding last year, I cut my beard really short, the shortest it's been in a couple of years, right? And then, so then, since then, it's been a, like, let's grow this thing back out process. And you really do have to just let it go. Let it go. Let it get bushy or or burly or grow out some. 
And then you can use like a trimmer or whatever to even everything out. But you, you don't want to do that too early in the process. Would you agree, Will? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't trim it early in the process. If you want a big bushy beard, like you don't really have to ever trim it. I would uh, brush it or, or comb it, whichever is more comfortable for you, mm-hmm. just just because the stimulation of the brush among, on your face, the hair follicles, will help stimulate it to grow. Um, I don't use tonics or oils or anything like that. I'm, my beard's not that fancy. Um, eat well, take your vitamins, (laughs) you know, being, being well nourished, especially with all your vitamins really helps your hair grow and helps it grow healthy and it'll help it stay stuck in your face. Uh, the one thing that I have to not do is pick at it. Like I do the little, uh, thing where like at the corners of my chin, at the left and right corners of my chin, I kind of pull at it or, you know, scratch or something and that, uh, will make holes in your beard right there. I mean, they, they always grow back, but uh, it may make you go gray faster. Cause that's where all my gray started coming in. Um, I would also say sort of early in the process, define your beard, meaning like your neckline. Find, yeah. I, uh, the, I don't grow a neck beard. Yeah. Me neither. My beard stops underneath my jawline. Yeah. So sort of define how far back or how, like where you want your beard to end both on like your cheekbones and, on your neck and when you do shave just go in and clean that line up so it does because if you don't things can get real hairy (laughs) things can get a little out of hand Uh, and and other than that just let it go yep yeah just don't mess with it favorite star wars beards i mean obi-wan in revenge of the sith is a good one i hate to say this again like it's gonna sound like i got a hard on for this guy but opo rancisis he's (laughs) He's basically his whole face is a beard. Yeah, like he's got a lot of beard. He's got a beard from like underneath his eyes, like all over his face down to like ZZ Top beard. Uh, yeah, that is a good beard. I'm trying to think, um, other good beards. Count Dooku is uh, got a neat, beard. tight, tight little beard. Oscar Isaac had a hell of a beard at Celebration, but that wasn't in the movie. Snap Wexley's got a pretty good beard. Once again, it's not a crazy one. It's, you know, neatly kept. Uh, If Han Solo had had his beard from... uh, Han Solo's Battlefront 2 beard? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a good beard. That's a good beard. I forgot all about that. And King Tom and I talked about that not that long ago. I think I just... My brain... Is like you can't focus on Han Solo having a beard too much. You won't get shit done. Does does Chewbacca count? Yeah. Does does a Wookiee count? Killer beard. Captain Tarful. Yep. The only Wookiee that doesn't have that great of a beard is that meth head Wookiee you see on Kessel. In uh, he probably once Sol- had an amazing beard. Sa- he probably Sawa? does again. Sawa, I think his name is. <clears throat> yeah, I hope that Wookiee's all right. All right, next up, we got one last email, and then we'll call it a night. This is from our buddy Utah Dougie. Uh, Dougie. Uh, Utah Dougie asks, what Star Wars planet would you be most successful with in a quarantine? Which planet would you be the most unsuccessful with? I would pick Scarif, so at least I could isolate on a beach. Stay away from Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant all day, stay away. There's no way you enforce a quarantine on that 
like multi-layered billions of people living on that planet. Yeah, you would have to take the China approach and like shut the city down, take everyone's fever, nobody leaves yeah. the house. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, still people indoors and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. that would be one way. Um Naboo seems like it would you go out to the lake country. Seems like a pleasant place to quarantine. If Volusia didn't seem like the Australia where everything would kill you, all the biology would kill you, it would be cool. Man, uh, Yoda had his quarantine game on lockdown on Dagobah, but that does yep. not seem like a pleasant place to quarantine. No. Octu seems nice, but it's not spacious. Like, the island seems nice, but it seems like it would get boring. I don't know, man. Like, depending on the length of your quarantine, you hang out with some porgs and those... Uh, the care t- caretakers, they'd be good for a laugh every now and then. They're so they cranky. I think Naboo's my answer, though. Next to a waterfall or something. Statues of horses for some reason. What was Maz Kanata's planet? Taco Dana. Taco Dana. Yeah, not too bad. That. Some some ruins. Yeah. Even Yavin 4. I'd, I'd go, I'd do my... Um, or the moon of Yavin 4. I'm not sure which. Is it Yavin 4 that the rebel base was on in yeah. the ruins? Yeah. Yeah, that one would be cool. I could dig it. I could dig that too. I'd stay away from the desert planets because I'm not a big like heat guy. You know what I mean? Not Unless looking. the virus is susceptible to high heats. Well, and I will lay out all day in the yeah, sun. No doubt. I'll be like, yeah, I'll go to Tatooine. Yeah, ride a bantha around. Go get a drink at the Katina. If that's the case, then it's probably not even on lockdown. Probably, honestly, if that is the case. Tatooine or Pasana, not that bad of a place to go visit during that time. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Maybe you no, show up uh, and have some delectable sweets on Pasana. The festival will be canceled. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Oh, bummer. Oh, bummer. <laughs> it's too soon, I guess. <sighs> Oh, boy. So, yeah. I think that takes care of that. I'm double-checking. Making sure I haven't missed anything. I don't think so. Oh, oh. Somebody sent me an email that says, Last chance to guess one million podcasts date. Hi, Richard. Last night we tracked the Apple podcast had almost 966,000 podcasts. So now is your last chance to enter our free date guessing contest. Correctly guess the date Apple Podcast will hit 1 million valid podcasts, and you'll win a one-year solo subscription to my podcast reviews. (laughs) No, thank you. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you're all safe and sound out there and staying as sane as possible. I, I feel like maybe I'm cracking a little bit. Talking about Are you really? No, not really. Not really. The stress, obviously, that is a thing. It is the, intense. The constant waking up every morning and being like, how long can I avoid looking at my phone and reading news before... 
the black cloud because you know you wake up and it's all sunny outside and there's birds chirping there's a walter laying on my chest gently purring and i'm like oh it's weird why am i woken up at 10 30 i should be going to work oh yeah oh yeah yeah so i hope you guys are taking care thanks so much for listening if you haven't already Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We're only like 14 away now from 200, so that'd be rad to hit. Uh, If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And we'll see you guys next week. We'll be talking uh, the further adventures of Will's favorite green adventurers. Oh my god, they're so green. Uh, We'll be talking about whatever else happens. Who knows? I keep thinking like, yeah, we'll probably just talk about Star Wars and then a bunch of little shit happens. And then Screen Rant dupes me and Will with a fucking (laughs) April Fool's joke. You got me. You got me, bitches. You got me. (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) This is my lively little fucking with you. April Fool's. (laughs) That's so funny. Anyways, guys, uh, until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.